He is risen. He is risen. Today is the day that we, with people around the world, celebrate the greatest event in the history of the world. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This, without question, is the single event that has, for the last 2,000 years, shaped the course of human history. Without a doubt, Jesus Christ is the most influential person who has ever walked the face of the earth. There is no dispute on that fact. There is no debate on that fact. Whether you or not you accept the claims of Christ and accept Jesus as Lord or whether you deny him, what you cannot deny is the influence that he has had on human history. Our calendar is, is demarked by his life, B.C., before Christ, A.D., Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. Our whole world is shaped by this one man, Jesus Christ. Of all of the prominent figures who have ever lived, Jesus towers above them all. And today, over two billion people on the face of the planet Earth call Jesus Christ their Savior and Lord, and they worship him as God. Jesus said that he would build his church. And because Jesus is alive, he is not dead. For the last 2,000 years, Jesus Christ has been building his church. Leaders, governments, movements, nations have all come and gone, but the church of Jesus Christ marches forward in the face of tribulation, in the face of even violent persecution and opposition. Nothing can stop the church of Jesus Christ from moving forward because Jesus is alive and he is building his church. It is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead that validates his claims. The resurrection shows us plainly, clearly, definitively that Jesus is who he claimed to be. Jesus was not just a good man. Jesus is the God man. Jesus was not just a teacher of morals. Jesus is the creator of the universe. And today, on this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, I want us to look at one passage of Scripture that tells the story of Jesus' resurrection. Certainly, over the whole Bible, there are many different stories, allusions to, and, and recountings of the resurrection of Jesus. But we're going to look at one today, and that is from Luke chapter 24. So grab your Bible and open with me to Luke chapter 24 this morning. Verse 1 reads, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but 
has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. Lord, we don't have to stumble around looking for you. You have revealed us, revealed to us perfectly who you are in your word. And Lord, at the right time, at the perfect time, you came from heaven to earth, the word made flesh, and you dwelled among us. You showed us how to live, the perfect example of a life, a life without sin, a life lived in full submission to the Father. Lord, on that dark day, you died on the cross for sinners to pay the price for sin, to ransom sinners from Satan and death and to ransom us back and to reconcile us to God. And on that third day, you rose from the dead. We thank you for this truth. Lord, in our our time, in your word today, may it come alive like it never has before. May you awaken faith within people's hearts to trust in you. Holy Spirit, open ears, open eyes, convict hearts, and bring salvation today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. There are three phrases I want us to look at from this passage that we read today. Two of the phrases are just one word. I'm going to keep it really simple for us today. The first phrase that I want us to look at is from verse 5. And it is the question that the angels asked to the women who went to the tomb. They said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. That which the angels declared to the women, I declare to you now, Jesus is risen. He is not dead. He is alive. He's not rotting in a tomb somewhere. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is seated on a throne at the right hand of the Father. He is risen from the dead. After suffering on the cross for sinners, on the third day he rose. And when Jesus rose, he defeated the enemies of God. He defeated the enemy of your soul. He defeated Satan and sin and death and hell. And he defeated every dark force that would try to influence and infiltrate your life. Jesus is risen. He's alive today. He is alive. 
But the sad truth about our world today is that so many people are still seeking the living among the dead. What do I mean by that? Well, so many people are, are, are trying to fill the void that is in their heart and fill the void in their soul with things that are not alive. You see, all of us were designed by God as image bearers of God, our creator, to, to know him, to find our satisfaction in him, to find and experience love, joy, peace, goodness. The, the, these things are only found in the author and the giver of life and in relationship to him. And because of sin, we're all separated from God and there is this void in our souls. And so many people today in our world are searching, are looking, are trying to fill that void with things that cannot fill the void. They are seeking the living, Jesus Christ, but they're looking among the dead. So many try to fill their void in their heart with their career, with going from, from position to position to, to elevating, uh, to, to, to rising to new levels of power and influence. Others think that fame and fortune are a way to fill the empty void in their soul. Others seek to fill it through relationship with others, others with possessions and materialism. Others seek to fill the void with entertainment and to just drown out that cry within their heart and soul with movies and video games and music. Now, there's nothing wrong with movies, video games, and music. There's certainly nothing wrong with relationships. There's nothing wrong with a career and working hard. In fact, the Bible says that we should work hard. There's nothing inherently wrong with money and possessions. God has given them to us as a gift to be used, to enjoy, and to be used for his glory. There's nothing wrong with fame. All of these things are okay. They're, they're good things, but when we take a good thing that God has given to us and we try to fill the void in our soul with this good thing and we make it a God thing, it turns from a blessing to a curse. And what so many have found is at the end of that road of pursuing these things, thinking it will give them what they want, peace, joy, happiness, satisfaction, what they find is that it is a dead end street. And what happens so often is that people then turn to alcohol. People then turn to drugs. People turn to pornography and promiscuous sex and perversion, seeking if, if somehow to, to satisfy and to fill the void in their heart and in their soul. Let me tell you something, those things will not satisfy you. Your career, your relationships, they will not satisfy. Stop seeking the living among the dead. Jesus has risen. Stop looking around for something, searching desperately out there to find it. You need to look up today to the Son of God who has risen from the dead. Jesus is alive. You will not find what you're looking for in your career, in your possessions, in your relationships. You certainly will not find it at the bottom of the bottle or at a needle or in promiscuous sex or in sexual perversion. The only place you will find comfort and rest and peace and joy and happiness for your soul is in the risen Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing I want to show you, to highlight to you from this passage is in the end of verse 6 
and into verse 7. He says, listen, don't you remember how Jesus told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? This word must. You see, Jesus didn't just teach his disciples that he would be delivered into the hands of sinful men, that he would be crucified that he would raise from the dead. No, Jesus taught that he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, that he must be crucified on the cross, and that he must rise from the dead. Why? Why is it not just something that would happen? Why is it something that must happen? What made this necessary? It's a three-letter word. It's called sin. You see, God, our creator, who is good and perfect, he designed us to live in relationship with him. And in relationship to him, he delivered unto us his perfect, his righteous, his holy law, instructions on how to live and how to live in relationship with him, how to fulfill the purpose that he has given to us as his image bearers, as his creatures. But all of us have rejected God's law. All of us have chosen to go our own way. All of us have rebelled against God and God's law. And the Bible calls that rebellion sin. The Bible says that all of us have sinned against God. Sin is like a, a disease. Sin is like a, a virus that spreads you see, right now we're in the middle of a, a global pandemic. This coronavirus that is spreading, this COVID-19 disease that is killing people. And there is some debate about the percentage of people that actually have the disease. But as we look at the, the numbers, it's quite clear that the percentage of people that have the disease, it is quite low. But the percentage of people that have the virus of sin, it is not a low percentage. If you put it on a graph, it would be one line that stretched from here into heaven. It is 100%. Every person, every human being has been infected with this virus of sin and the disease that it produces in our lives is death. And no one will escape this disease that sin brings, which is death. And Jesus, he, he goes to the cross because of sin. This is why he had to die. This is why he said he must die. He goes to the cross and he, he dies in our place for our sin. You see, sin is what made the cross necessary but love is what made the cross possible. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe upon him would not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5.8 says that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
You see, sin made it necessary, but love made it possible. And on the cross, Jesus purchased salvation for you and me as Jesus paid the price and the penalty for sin. You see, God who is holy and God who is just and God who is perfect and God who is righteous, he demands a price be paid for the breaking of his law and rightfully so. You see, when someone sins against us, what do we want that person to receive? We want them to receive justice. We do not want to live in a world that is full of injustice. And God who is good demands justice to be paid. And so God, who is also loving, leaves his throne in heaven, is born in a manger, lives a perfect life without sin, and then he goes to the cross to die for sinners, to pay the price for sin, to to ransom us back to God, to purchase for us the cure, the vaccine, so that all who believe in him would receive this cure of sin, would receive this cure of the disease of death, and that we would receive the eternal life. Who would do that? Why would God do that? It's because of his love for you. You see, God loves you, my friend. God loves you deeply. God loves you dearly. God loves you so much that he died for you. A few chapters later in your Bible, there's another use of this word must. And it comes when Peter is preaching about the resurrection of Jesus. Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, Peter preaching says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become their cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Not only was it necessary for Jesus to go to the cross and to die for sinners, sinners must believe upon Jesus to receive their salvation. We must believe to be saved We must turn from sin and trust in Jesus to be saved. There is no other way. There is no other name given among heaven by which we must be saved except Jesus Christ. Why? Because only Jesus has paid the price for your sin. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There is salvation only in Jesus Christ. There is healing and hope and redemption and eternal life only in Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, and everlasting life only through Jesus Christ. And this is why we celebrate today the resurrection with billions around the world because there is no one else like him. 
He alone stands as the mediator between God and man. He alone is the way to God. There is no other. He alone bore the sins of the world. He alone conquered death. He alone conquered Satan. He alone has the power to heal, to deliver, to restore, and to redeem. He alone has the power to save, and his name is Jesus Christ. And today, he is risen from the dead. You must be saved. As we conclude here today, there's one more word I want you to see. And it's, this, it's the word that begins this story. It's the first word in this chapter. The story begins with the word, but, but. You see, what had come before the resurrection was the worst event in human history, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who had never sinned, who was falsely accused by evil men, they conspired to have him put to death. This was the ultimate injustice. He was mocked, he was beaten, he was scourged, a crown of thorns pressed down upon his head, nails piercing his hands and his feet, a spear thrust through his side, puncturing his heart. No proper memorial service was given for him, but rather a hastily burial in a borrowed tomb. The tomb was sealed with a two-ton stone and placed under heaven Roman, heavy Roman guard. But... That's not the end of the story. Because on the third day, Jesus kicked that stone open, kicked that tomb wide open, rose again to new life. And many that day had believed that that story was over. When the women go back and they tell Peter, Jesus has risen. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. It's just like he told us he would do it. What does it say? Peter, he just, he couldn't believe it. It seemed too good to be true. That he's, it says that he thought it was an idle tale. He, he thought the women had lost their minds. He runs to the tomb and he looks in and, and he's perplexed. He's, he's bewildered. And listen, you too might believe that your story is over. You, you may have come to the end of yourself, to the end of the road. You, you may feel like your life is at a dead end. Maybe you've pursued career, pursued relationships that have gone nowhere. Maybe your, your relationships have fallen apart. Maybe you, you thought that what would bring you satisfaction and hope and happiness, what you found at the end of that was that there was none of that. And you may feel like you have no future left, but your story doesn't have to end that way. Call out to Jesus Christ today. He is the resurrection and the life. You may feel like you are in a hopeless situation. And I don't know your situation. You may be in a hopeless situation. There may be no hope in your situation, but... There is hope in Jesus Christ. 
There is new life in Jesus Christ. There is purpose in Jesus Christ. Let Jesus Christ be the but. Let him put a but in your story. Jesus is alive and Jesus is victorious and Jesus has ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and he is returning one day to judge the living and the dead and to set up a kingdom without end. And the question that lay before you today is the most important question of your life. Have you accepted the free offer of grace and salvation that only Jesus Christ offers? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you trusted in him? Have you turned from your sin? Have you called out to him? When Jesus returns, where will you be found? Will you be found in Christ, having your sins forgiven, having been clothed in his righteousness, having reconciliation between God through his shed blood? Or will you be found in your sins and condemned? Will you be found in unbelief? Will you be found in rebellion? Jesus is coming soon. He could come at any moment. Where will you spend eternity? Will you spend it forever in his presence with the saints of old that have gone before us in his kingdom for all eternity? Or will you be in your sins condemned by the righteous and holy and just God? Condemned to an eternity separated from God. An eternity that you weren't designed to experience in a place that wasn't designed for you, but that was designed for Satan and demons. A place called hell. A place that the Bible says is without relief, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth with a consuming fire that burns and burns, but you are not consumed for all eternity. My friends, the choice is clear. Choose Jesus Christ. I implore you. I plead with you. Do not let this moment pass you by. This could be the last opportunity. This could be the last chance that you have. Today is the day of salvation. There is no better day to put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus Christ than today, Resurrection Sunday, 2020, in the middle of a global pandemic. Let this be the but in your story. He had gone as far as he could, but Jesus saved him. His life was falling apart, but Jesus saved him and gave him new life, eternal life, resurrection life, redemption, joy, peace, and love. Let today be the day that you turn from sin and are welcomed into the family of God along with billions today around the world and countless others in heaven today who will celebrate if you will bow the knee at the foot of the cross and ask for Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. He will come into your heart. He will come into your life and you will never be the same again. Listen, this world is passing away. This world is falling apart. Jesus is coming soon. He's going to fix all the issues of our broken world. And will you live in the new heavens and the new earth? Or will you be 
in that other place. I plead with you today, with everything in my soul, be reconciled to God. God in Christ today is extending to you the greatest offer of your life. He's given you grace, mercy, and love. Do not reject his offer. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you came, that you lived a life without sin, that you died to take the place of sinners so that we could be reconciled to you. Lord, for those of us who have believed, this is the best day. It's the day that we remember, we reflect upon, we celebrate the new life that we have in you. Lord, I thank you that you right now, I believe, are leading people to faith and belief in you. Thank you for doing your work in their lives as you have done it in my life and in our lives. Lord, we look forward to your imminent and soon return. Until that day, help us to be faithful unto you as your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.